Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Chapman, and if there's one thing I believe, it's that you're capable of making your dreams a reality and that the world needs you to be living out your purpose. One thing I love is to chat with people doing impactful work in hopes that we can all learn something from the conversation. Not to mention, we get to apply all of that wisdom to our own journey. Each week, you will hear just that here at the Radiant Podcast. So without further ado, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast, and this week we have my friend Rikmini Padar joining us. I am so excited to bring this conversation to you this week. I know many of you are already following Rukmini over on Instagram. She's rockin' Rooksy, and she is an illustrator who has been illustrating the Enneagram for 100 days this year, and guess what? She's continuing her project. But don't get ahead of yourselves. You are going to love this episode. Not only has she illustrated the Enneagram over the course of this last year, she also has years and years of projects under her belt, and I think it's an incredible conversation about perfectionism, about creating for the sake of creating, and about sticking with it for the long haul. Not only do we talk about creativity, we talk about one of my very favorite topics of the Enneagram. So I'm so excited. I have been looking forward to this conversation for a very long time, and I know that you're going to love Rukmini as much as I do. So let's get to it. Hey, Rukmini. Hey, Kelsey. I am so glad to have you on the Radiant Podcast. This has been a long time coming. I'm sure a, a lot of my listeners already follow follow along with you on Instagram at Rock and Racy. But can you tell us who you are, what you do? I am I'm really excited for you to share your journey. If you can't tell, I'm like fangirling right now. Oh, that's a, totally an honor, and I would love to share my journey and my story. First of all, I'm I'm so happy to be here and have this conversation. I think we met some months ago when I was like in the thick of my project, in the middle of it, and immediately I felt like I wanted to speak with you and, and have a conversation like this. But um, fast forward a few months later, and I, I finished doing 100 Days of the Enneagram. And so this is great. It's a little bit of like a retrospective for me. I'm kind of reviewing the whole process and trying to see what are my next steps. But um, yeah, my name is Rukmini Podar. I am an illustrator and a graphic designer. I currently am living in New York City, and I feel like I've kind of become an illustrator by accident, and it's been wonderful. My story it starts in many different ways, but I'll start it back in 2015 when I did something called the 100-Day Project. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but um, it's basically a project that it's a creative project that anyone can do at any time. You pick one thing and you do it every single day for a hundred days and you kind of, you kind of catalog it and you post it on social media to have accountability. And it's, it's been around forever, but it really became popular around 2014, 2015 when an artist I really admire named El Luna, she kind of spearheaded it and turned it into like this big online kind of phenomenon. Yeah. It's been great, and so since then, it's been, this is my fourth year of doing it, and so it's been incredibly transformational in my own, like, creative process and in my process of just growing up as a human being. <laughs> to be fully honest, I am not someone who is consistent. Like, I would not consider myself that. It's actually been a huge struggle in general, like, just to do something every day and hold myself accountable is nothing, not, not something I've ever done. And so in 2015, I just graduated from college, and I felt like I was kind of burnt out from just designing things on the computer all the time and staring at my screen. So I decided to pick up a paintbrush and just paint and draw and just create things with my hands. 
And so that's literally where it came from. It, it came from just a need to reconnect back to art. So that would I, I would say that's the very beginning of my kind of art and illustrative journey. And I did that every day. And it was just incredible when I got to the 100 day of that project, because first of all, I just learned a lot about perfection. I learned like perfection absolutely is not necessary in the creative process. And I learned a lot about showing up. You just have to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to draw something today no matter what. And so whether I was on an airplane or in a train or just super busy, just always had time for drawing something. That year, I was doing a very kind of abstracted, open-ended project. Literally, I would just draw whatever I could. There was no theme. But um, it really, it's funny, like by the end of it, I felt... And other people felt that I was an illustrator just from that one project. Because if you do something a hundred times, <laughs> by default, you kind of become that thing. You become an illustrator, an artist. So I thought that was really interesting. And that was really the first time I actually seriously went into watercolor for that 100-day project in 2015. And afterwards, I just loved it. And I just did a lot more watercolor and illustration. If anyone is curious to go on my Instagram, I think I have like 900 posts at this point. But if you want to scroll all the way to around 2015, you'll see it's all there. I think I had, you know, I was getting like 20, 30 likes per drawing. And that was exciting, you know, <laughs> to get someone who wasn't a friend that I knew to like it was exciting. Oh, yeah. So I was very unknown. And I actually didn't have an ambition to become Instagram famous or become a known illustrator. And I I think there's something powerful in kind of doing something from a place of that kind of genuine curiosity and, and in a way kind of innocence because you're just kind of doing it because you want to do it. And that's where I was. And that's why I'm really happy that as things have grown all these years, it's always started from such a simple place of I want to learn. Like I'm, I'm not a painter, illustrator. Let me do this a hundred times and see where it gets me. So that was actually really, it's actually really beautiful to think back on that. And I felt so much encouragement by being able to finish those 100 days that it, I think it really built them for the next year. So we fast forward to April of 2016, and somehow the course of my life had gone in some fun directions. <laughs> After graduating, I decided not to just get a full-time job and enter into that regular world, but I went to travel. And I first spent time with my family in India, and I got this opportunity to travel to Australia. I made new friendships, new relationships, and I was just kind of going through a lot in my life and a lot of exciting things and new opportunities. And in my travels, especially in Australia, the this term came up called obscure emotions. I was just journaling a lot and just like drawing for myself and somehow that term came up and I really liked it. And I was just thinking like, I wanna just, I wanna maybe make this into a 100 day project for some reason, you know? I, I felt like I wanted to really make my next 100 day project very specific. And so that gave birth to a broader project of mine that I've done now called 100 Days of Obscure Emotions. For those of you who don't know, this was really my first like, illustrated project that took on a life of its own. And this, this project, I could have a whole podcast episode just talking about this. This is like a huge point in my life. This, this project is, it's basically me understanding myself better by wanting to take time to introspect and feel whatever I was feeling and draw it. And so I really did it just for myself, but I would post it online, one for accountability, because I, I need to show people that I'm doing my 100 day project and, and feel that support. And then two, it was really like an act of vulnerability of like, oh my God, like I, I feel this and it's a little embarrassing or vulnerable to share. You know, I need this validation or I feel this fear or whatever I was feeling, but I would share it anyway, just to see what would happen. And really the most amazing thing happened, which is that a community of people came together who could really empathize and feel with me. And that just really opened my eyes to the fact that we're all feeling these deep emotions or all kinds of like 
emotions we don't even know how to articulate. We're all feeling them, but um, no one really talks about it or no one really knows how to talk about it or um, there's not really an open forum for that. And so as I was posting on Instagram, I always just get so many comments or private messages from people saying like, I have always felt this way and I never knew how to put it into words, let alone an image, like this is really powerful. And so that was so encouraging. It just opened up a whole new journey for me, a journey of like understanding myself better as well as sharing it with others. After a hundred days, it was just the most satisfying project. And there's a lot of stories within that story, but long Long story short, I self-published it into a book, which was really exciting. A lot of friends and people who had followed me immediately bought some copies, and I was really proud of it. And I feel like that that started my quote-unquote brand. Like what I do is very specific. If you look at my illustrations, the style is specific. For this project, they were all like pink illustrations, similar tone, similar style and visual language. And so that was exciting actually to do a project so specific because it helped me carve out my identity as a creator and to create a brand. So just a little tip for anyone who's hearing who is kind of starting, they're wanting to start their own business, their own brand, their own style of who they are. Um, it's so helpful to do something like this, to do a hundred project where you're just, you're, you're picking some topic, doesn't matter what it is, you're just doing it consistently for so long. Because like, I really guarantee that if you really commit to doing a hundred days, like you will find something, you will find a voice or in the style and something that you can share with the world. And I swear, like it only comes from consistent practice from that kind of quantity. It doesn't come from like a spark of inspiration will hit you one day and you'll be like, oh, this is the kind of artist I want to be or the kind of business I want to have. You have to just really keep doing it. And if you want to like condense that process, if you do a hundred day project, I mean, that's like, it could be like a couple years worth that you're doing in a hundred days because you're committing to show up each day. So that's just a small thing I want to share because it was just such a profound realization. And after I did my first hundred day project, I literally swore to myself that I want to do this every single year for as long as possible because it was just so rewarding. And as you can see, and as I want to share, like every year it gets like deeper and better and more successful and more ambitious. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So anyway, so this is project number two, Obscure Emotions. And I want to share my next project. I've, I've had, in case you don't know, or people who are listening don't know, I've had many projects before I've gone into my Enneagram illustration. Yeah. And all projects happen in the course of like two and a half years, just from, from doing this kind of consistent practice and posting constantly on Instagram. And this whole time that I'm posting and creating these, these like art pieces and projects, I've had like a thousand followers or less. Like it was not something people had known about. I mean, I wish people did, but I wasn't focusing on marketing myself. I was just focusing on creating and focusing on just being as honest and real with myself as I can in my artwork and just creating things of high integrity if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, Man, and I, I, I mean, it's incredible. Anyone who's listening, who's a creator of any sorts, whether they are a maker or a writer, whatever it is, I mean, a hundred days of showing up is hard. Yeah. Um, and how did you, I want to I want to go on, you know, and hear what your next project was in 2017 uh-huh. and 20, then of course this year, the Enneagram, but what did you do? You're a four though, right? Yes. So you do feel more feelings than maybe some other types. But what did you do on a day where you're like, I feel nothing? (laughs) It's a good question. Well, one quick thing is I didn't know anything about the Enneagram when I did my 100 obscure emotions. So I wasn't aware of what a four was and what that was, which is hilarious because later on when I found out about the Enneagram, I was like, oh, of course I did a book about emotions. And (laughs) And I'm a four (laughs) who feels things very deeply. So that's funny. But um, yeah, I think what it allowed me to do on days where 
I wasn't sure what I felt is I, I don't know, I think I would tap into a feeling that I felt previously or just something kind of curious or like, for example, an obscure emotion. One example is um, when you're longing for a home that you've never known. So it's not like that day I was just really homesick, but, you know, I just came across maybe some billboard or saw someone and that just phrase stuck in my head. So there would be days like that. And I know I, I felt that in the past, but it was just, it really stuck in my mind. And I will say when you build the practice of trying to articulate these kinds of obscure feelings, they come to you faster. Because right now, if I were to dive back into this project, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be as good at, at it. I think I would need like a good three weeks to get back into it. So definitely when I was in it, I would just see things and kind of connect the dots and things would come intuitively. And it's not like I was just some genius or anything, but you just become more sensitive and aware from practicing it. Someone would say something and I would wonder about their sadness and where it came from. And, you know, then another obscure emotion come like um, in other examples, like when you feel guilty for the good things in your life. Or another example is when you're wanting to explore, but you're afraid of getting lost. So some of these were just much more general and universal, but I would somehow find a way to, I don't know, put them in words and images. So, yeah, that was there. That's some days incredible. I, yeah, and some days they were deeply personal. Like, some of them were from, like, a conversation I had that day or, like, some intense argument that brought something up or some insecurity. So some of them were more personal than others. But either way, that it happened. And um, another thing is that it's totally fine if you can't be consistent every single day because life happens. And I remember around day 70, I was just so done. Like I was traveling and busy and I just felt no more inspiration. So I actually stopped for a few weeks. And I, in my head, I was thinking like, yeah, 70 days is plenty. Like I'm done. And it wasn't until a friend came up to me and it's like, what are you saying? Like every day you write a hundred days of like you need to finish. <laughs> so supportive community is helpful. But um, those ha that happens. You know, even the next year, I remember I it took me like a month longer than planned. This year I was a little behind schedule. But the point is like you stay committed to that number, even if it takes you like a year to do it. There's something powerful in finishing it. Wow, I love that. I mean, it. I can imagine that you ran into quite a few people who A, were inspired by your commitment, but B, did you run into quite a few people who were like, you put into words something I had no idea that was like floating around in my subconscious, but you identified and gave me words for it for the first time? Yeah, absolutely. I never expected that would happen so many times as it has, but it's been really powerful. Like that, that's the kind of thing that just makes me feel like I'm doing the right kind of work, that kind of confirmation. And it's so satisfying to create work where people look at it. Also, um, another thing is I eventually turned this work into a small art show a year later. I had the art opening in this small little like, cute yoga studio, but it was well attended and it was just amazing the interactions I had with people. Like some people would actually cry when they looked at it. And it made me realize that it's not because like I'm this genius artist who can just put words and whatever. I mean, really people were being touched by it because I created it from an honest place. And I genuinely believe that when I create with that kind of transparency and vulnerability, it it like translates to people easily. They can tell that it's coming from real place and they feel it just as deeply. And so for me, that was always my goal. It wasn't like the perfection of the pen lines or the drawing quality. It was like, well, is this coming from an authentic and honest place? And if it is, then that's why it touches me. So that's always been like a value I try to come back to in my artwork. It's just to know that it's coming from a place that's very real and, and, and wanting to be of service to others. When that's true, then it touches people. Um, the motivation has to really be true and honest. Oh, yeah. Well, one thing, you know, I wonder is, and 
I'm sure as a four, which we'll kind of get into kind of the Enneagram, but as I'm sure as, you know, an intense feeler, I'm sure at times has it felt like a curse to feel all the feelings you might feel in one day, but now you're able to take, you know, something where you, you can feel it all. Like you truly have experienced mm. being able to tap into each and every single one of those feelings probably. And you're able to use it as a gift and service to the world. Like you feel a spectrum of emotions that not all of us, you know, are able to feel all at once, but you've been able to embody that and personify that through your mm. illustrations and, and serve people in that way. Yeah, well, that's that's so beautifully said, and I think that really gets to the heart of it. Yeah, I think as a four, and as many fours can probably relate, that there is this ability to feel things deeply. And sometimes fours can be interpreted quite negatively. They can be called drama queens or, like, overly sensitive or just feel too much, which, okay, maybe that goes for a more unhealthy four. But fours have incredible gifts of empathy. And I think this project helped me to own those gifts more rather than to feel, you know, to kind of put myself down for being too sensitive or or to feel things too much or overthink things. So yeah, doing this was really, it felt like such a gift that I got because I was expressing myself and sharing something that comes quite natural to me in a way that was actually helpful to people. And that was actually amazing at first because I was wondering like, people are really moved by this and I, it's just me being me. And it's a really wonderful way to kind of embrace our own gifts you know, if we have an ability to maybe articulate emotions better, or I think fours are gifted with this ability to just like witness pain and joy and all the emotions and just like bear witness to it and, um, and mirror it back at people. And it was really nice to tap into that energy. Um, later on, I did a project called Dear Rooksy, where I actually encouraged people to send me their own emotions and I would draw it. And that project also was incredible. I put a pause on it since then, which I, I want to restart later, but that project really allowed me to be in the space of just hearing and witnessing people, what they're going through, and re-reflecting it back at them in a drawing form. And it felt like I was actually really in the flow of what my natural gifts were and able to use it back in service. So really actually quite grateful for that. Wow, that is so cool. So was that the next project you did in 2017? It is. Yeah, it was a mix. I did... Um, I did the Dear Rooksy project in 2017, and then I also just did a, an assortment of different comics and illustrations with text and just just kind of practicing my own typography and calligraphy. So that was one aspect, but the Dear Rooksy was the main project of 2017. Very cool. And then 2018, you moved into the Enneagram space, and I obviously I you, you went viral. Uh, so <laughs> I would love to kind of hear about your journey there. What what was your why behind that? It, what has it been like to, to be part of something that, that went viral that, you know, has, has a different spin this time? Because like you said, the first few years you created to create, you weren't doing yeah. it for an audience. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you had a huge audience. Did that right. change things for you? Did that kind of feel like a push-pull internally of like... It's a different a different landscape at that point. Yeah, that is such a good question. Definitely. It's interesting. I think it's changed things kind of over time and now that it's over, I'm looking at my my creative process and my projects a little differently. But the projects it, I started in April of this year and I had about 4,000 followers 
And honest, like honest to God, when I started, I thought I would lose followers. <laughs> Again, like I didn't come from any kind of marketing strategy. Like this is going to gain the most followers. I'm going to go viral. Like I actually thought that people don't really know about the Enneagram. My followers are going to be so confused what I'm doing and they're probably not going to be interested. So that was interesting because that's yeah. like the opposite of what happened. <laughs> but again, I came, I'm really, I feel proud of myself because I came from a place again of genuine curiosity and just love of the Enneagram. So a few months prior, I maybe a year ago, I discovered the Enneagram and I have a few close friends who run like a coaching consultancy on it. And I took their workshops and it was really life changing. And it just opened up a whole new perspective of seeing people, seeing people's personalities, understanding myself better, learning to empathize with people in a whole new way. Um, it was it was actually incredible because for a couple of years now, I've been studying emotions and drawing them. But to think that there's a structure behind it on why certain people feel certain things was incredible. I mean, it really just created an entire landscape or structure or, you know, this kind of place where I can, I can kind of categorize people in a good way and just make more logical sense from like a psychological place rather than an intuitive place, like a place backed with research and everything. So when I, when I learned the Enneagram, I always just felt like this was meant to be like, I've already been drawing emotions and now I've, I, now I'm opening myself up to this entire format, this entire, yeah, this entire kind of the Enneagram world, which yeah. teaches why people act a certain way and what their key motivations are. And there's just so, so much nuance to the Enneagram. Like it's actually quite mind blowing. And as you learn about it, it just goes deeper and deeper and the layers to it are endless. And the amount that you could learn about yourself, the good and the bad, and to really be honest with yourself through the Enneagram, it's, I haven't discovered anything else quite like it. That's just, that's so powerful and such an effective tool for self-transformation so anyway that it really blew my mind a year ago and I and since then I felt like I need to draw this like I I've already drawn emotions like why can't I draw enneagrams like it can't be that hard so I even though it was quite ambitious to be honest because <laughs> it's it's an established it's like an established body of knowledge and so I'm not just intuitively feeling things I have to really be much more methodical in my approach but I, I was up for the challenge. I was quite excited. I, my friends who had done the workshop, they run a company called Upbuild, and I collaborated with them. So it was, it was, it was great. They were really, um, they were the ones who were giving me a lot of the, the text, the, I mean, um, the background knowledge behind the Enneagram types, like really sending me all the content for it that you see on my page, which is all brilliant knowledge. And so I really want to credit them, and I want people to know that they're the ones like the masterminds behind their knowledge of the Enneagram, but we work together so well, so seamlessly, you know, like my partner, Hari would send me these captions for the Enneagram motivations and their fears and everything. And I could just draw them and we were like a machine kind of pumping it out. But um, yeah, I think I've, I think I've gone a little off track from what you, you asked me, but that's no, a little background. No, I want to know but... it. I want to hear it all. I mean, yeah. you know. So this is why I got into it. I, I basically fell in love with it and I felt that I had intuitively known about the Enneagram because I'd just been so connected with drawing emotions, but this just really brought it to another level. It was really amazing. Yeah. Do you feel like you learned, I mean, you had to illustrate types other than your own emotions yeah. other than ones you had you know maybe you had felt those emotions but seen them through the through the lens of a four and you're you know illustrating a nine how did that change your understanding of people your compassion for people I think that's why I love the Enneagram it gives me a level of compassion and grace for people who operate and function differently than me yeah absolutely I think it was like amazing to draw other types and study them really in depth because 
I one takeaway is that you just can't be upset with people when you really know them and you know their motivations and their fears and their insecurities. There's just a whole level of compassion and empathy that come because you realize we're all kind of in this together and we all have our unique sufferings, truly. The four, we have our own ups and downs and absolutely every single type has their unhealthy places and their healthy places. And it's a really dynamic, profound thing when you start learning about it and learning about other people and people in your life who are, have these types because you just get where they're at a little bit more and you just know how to approach them a little bit more. And um, that was really revolutionary for sure. One funny thing is one of the one of the founders of this program who's my friend of the Upbuild company, he first saw my book before I knew about the Enneagram and before he invited me to the workshop, he saw my 100 Obscure Emotions book and he goes, um, like, I think this girl is drawing Enneagram types without even knowing what the Enneagram is. Like, we should really bring her into the workshop. So that was, that, was, that was pretty funny. And he did mention that the four, like of all the types, the four is able to really tap into the emotions of all the nine types. They do have that ability of, of us broad empathy. And so I think without knowing it, I, I had an intuitive approach to the types and the different feelings, but um, definitely learning about it in a structured way has been a game changer. Yeah, how has the creative process been different in the sense that like you weren't just going off of intuition this time, yeah. where, like I'm gonna illustrate feelings I felt or I'm feeling, but like you have to collect all the information, like you had work to do every day. Was that yeah. hard? I think it was definitely a challenge, but it was a really good growing challenge because it, it allowed me to mature more as an artist rather than just drawing what I felt like. I I had to kind of hunker down and, and have like a schedule, you know, like, okay, the first 10 days I'm drawing these types and then I'm doing this and then I'm doing the emotions of the types and the shock point fears and all of that. So it was much more structured and that was a good challenge because by nature I'm, I don't gravitate towards structure so much, but it's in me. If I force myself to, I can do it. And I really appreciate it because I feel like it made my work so much more thorough and, it, and so much more complete. Like in my head, even though it took a long time, I mean, the drawings could be like an hour each day, depending you know, on how, how well I was able to do it. And then posting it sometimes in the beginning was taking so long to research and write and, and then like, you know, just sharing it. It was like, I don't know, an hour to two hours total, including all the Instagramming and everything for each drawing. It's like a hundred to 200 hour project. <laughs> yeah. Looking back on it, it's like, it basically, but it made sense in my head because I, I always envisioned this as a book. And so in my head, I was thinking, I'm doing a page of a book every single day. So, okay, it's been a lot of work, but I kind of wrote a book yeah. <laughs> in a hundred days. And that's always been my goal. Like I want to share this as a book pitch it to publishers, etc. But so I think the structure was good because I think if I didn't have this kind of structure, it wouldn't be as appealing to people. Because right now, right now it doesn't exist anywhere else except my Instagram. But if you go scroll through it, I think people can figure it out. They can see, okay, this is in categories, this is color coded. This is like, these are the different types, the descriptions. And so um, it was worth the sacrifice yeah. <laughs> of spending a little bit more time and creating a proper structure and consistency because it's, it's a lot more clear and I'm definitely happy with how it turned out. Wow. Well, it's really cool. And, I, you know, I've scrolled all the way back to your obscure emotions. And so oh, okay. um, it's cool that it's all there in one place and people can just go explore. Yeah. What? What does, what's next? What feels like the next right thing for you after you've had this like surge of kind of people come in and, and respond to, to yeah. what you create? 
Yeah, it's such a good point because I feel like a lot has changed with this project. And in a sense, nothing has changed in terms of what I do because even though I went from four, 5,000 followers to 28,000, which is beyond my wildest dreams for this and incredible and such a success. On one hand, I didn't change what I was doing. I just, I've just continued to draw and post every day, which is wonderful. And in another hand, so much has changed because my audience is just grown so much and suddenly like I'm not used to getting a thousand to two thousand likes per drawing that's amazing in the past I would get 30 <laughs> so this is just open and then like the people are so engaged I mean I was the most surprised by the comments I was getting on my drawings especially my Enneagram drawings because people are so dedicated like literally I would just get like dozens of comments of people tagging their friends and being like you have to see this girl what like look at what she's doing and I was just getting like paragraphs of messages people are sending me about how they could understand their their selves better how they have a better relationship with their mom after looking at this like it's actually incredible and so I feel like it's not just about the number it's like the quality of connection that has come through this project and I <clears throat> I think it's because the Enneagram it teaches us about ourselves which is the most powerful tool if you can give someone a proper mirror to show themselves and see where they're really at that's an incredible service and so I really just think that people are being are able to use my drawings as a tool to understand themselves better and finding a lot of value in it and so that's just it's just grown this fan base and in many ways, I'll be honest, I was quite overwhelmed in the beginning because I was wondering like, oh my God, like I have all these followers, like I need to do something about it. I need to monetize it or I need to create a proper website or sell this or do this. And that was creating some anxiety. And all those things are valid things. Like I could do a lot now with this kind of audience. But on one hand, I feel like I want to continue, like always prioritize the work that I'm putting out and the relationships I'm building with people. So right now I've just been spending more time creating more art and I'm still posting and I spent a lot of time replying to people and, and hearing their comments and sharing it and that feels right. It feels because I feel like I'm, I'm actually helping to build a community and if you look at my page it's really a community of people. I mean someone even wrote recently that they looked at the comment section of my type 4 drawing and they were in tears. They, they never felt like more understood in their life. And I was like, wow, this is this is not usual. This isn't just me putting up some art or some cute selfie. Like this is actually helping to transform people and helping people find a voice. And so for me, it's always felt right to create art that creates community. So that's what I really want to continue doing. I mean, I have other practical plans. Of course, I want to start selling prints and, and updating my website. And I top of my list is to get my book published and in a traditional way. Like I'm currently putting together a book proposal I'm going to pitch to publishers and so that's a big one that's one that's just always been a huge goal but besides that I want to bring it back to the community that's built from this and prioritizing them and being very personal because it's just it's like really mind-blowing for me and like really heart-touching to see the messages that I get every day I mean like hundreds on a week and they're so personal so I want to find a way to reciprocate properly with that so that's just kind of what's been on my mind is to continue what I'm doing be more personal with people and develop this kind of community rather than thinking transactionally and developing this and that, which will come. I really, I really have faith that a way of supporting myself through my illustrations will come for sure. But my priority is going to be developing community. Wow. Well, I have two questions following that. So I'm going to tell you um, the two questions so I don't forget one. So first one is what do you think is the power of being known? Because it sounds like mm -hmm. that's why you've had such like emotional 
deep connected response from people is they feel known for the first time. Right. And then B, okay, I almost forgot it. I had to resist it for a second. B, you know, one thing I hear you saying really reminds me of Elizabeth Gilbert's book, Big Magic. Have you read it? Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Of just not Big demanding your work to make a living immediately and, and creating for the sake of creating and, and why that's important, why she was willing to wait tables in the early stages of her writing process so that she wasn't writing and thinking, oh man, I gotta make a, gotta pitch this, gotta sell it, gotta make money, yeah. turn out the next segment. And I've definitely had to, to navigate that as well, yeah. especially with writing. I'd, I'd rather run a business that funds my life, demand something from my writing too soon. Right, right. That Those are those are beautiful questions. First off, Elizabeth Gilbert is totally my hero. I love <laughs> Be her. an absolute dream for me to meet her one day. I, I can only hope she's listening to this one day. But <laughs> Liz, yeah, I that was a big influence on me, that book Big Magic and her her advice of basically just continue creating and kind of trusting that something will come rather than demanding prematurely. Yeah, that was a big one for me. And and your first question was Oh gosh, I think I... The power of just being Power of being known. That's such a great point. There is so much power in being heard and being witnessed. And it's something that I I just take very seriously. And and I think that I have this also in my nature to kind of empathize and hear people. But I, when I created my work for the first time, my Obscure Emotions, my Enneagram work, there was so much resonance in people and so much of this genuine, oh my God, you see me. And I just think as an artist, that's probably the greatest honor is to create work where people see themselves mirrored back at themselves and there is just a lot of power when you're able like I said like show people who they are in these kinds of forms and ways and I see that every day through comments I see people saying oh this is me this is my type this is what I feel these are my challenges and it's powerful because I feel like that's the beginning of genuine connection and genuine community is seeing each other and feeling that each other is known wow that's really cool man it has been (laughs) Just like such a joy to chat. I would love for you to kind of share where people can find you. And if you have any upcoming projects, we'd love to know. And and it's just an honor to kind of get to hear the why and the behind the scenes of your work. I know the Radiant Tribe's going to love hearing your story and your journey. Thank you so much, Kelsey. This has actually been, like, I'm actually surprised at what's coming out of my mouth. (laughs) And I think it's because you're facilitating (laughs) it and holding space so beautifully. But, and your brilliant questions. But I'm, I'm really happy to share this because when I do take some time to retrospect and think about my projects and why they've become the way they are and my values behind it. it it's very it reinforces a lot for me yeah so there are places you can find me of course please look for me on instagram i stay quite active there and i try to reply to as many messages as i can it's rock and rooksy i have a website called dearrooksy.com both of those places you can find me uh the dear rooksy project that's kind of something that's been on my periphery of what i'm going to be doing next so i'll give a little like little sneak peek but um i am going to continue to create still enneagram things and keep that community going but i'm going to go back to this project because there's just a lot of potential in it and it's something that was very dear to me basically it's it's the project where people write to me their emotions and i draw it and that's like the absolute like perfection of community in a way (laughs) not the perfection but that's the that's the place where i really see it and so i've feel like this community has been built recently and I would love to sustain it through this project and actually you recommended Morgan Morgan's yeah. uh, work to me some time ago and we've connected recently and I love her stuff and it's kind of similar to what she does which is that people submit to her where they are who they are and she 
does these free draw free writing. She like writes poetry and stuff to them in response and posts it. So that's amazing to see because I've also did this project since 2017 and I want to restart it. So that's going to happen. I think what I'm going to do, I have to strategically think about it a little bit though, because the amount of followers I have is totally grown before anyone who would send me something, it was guaranteed I would draw it because I wouldn't get many submissions. And a lot of them were my friends and family that I had known. So now it's like, 30, almost 30,000 followers. I think it's going to be a little different, but I am going to restart it. I really hope I get a chance to do it sometime in September and launch it properly. And it'll be exciting. I'm actually hoping bef I'm, I'm going to close it right now. Like close the mission soon. And, and I'm going to reach out to specific friends and artists and people I admire to send me their dear booksies and just do that to kind of gain some like excitement around the project. And then I'll open it publicly. So I think that that'll be I think that's a lot of fun. <laughs> such a fantastic community builder. I mean, there's a reason Dear Abby yeah. is still known today and has been doing that for years and years and years. It's like you're the modern day version. So, I hope so. at I, least the illustrated version. <laughs> I think it's so cool and just and just really neat to kind of see what you're getting to do with your illustrating and, and your ability to facilitate connectedness for people. So, man, I'll link up, I'll be linking up everything in the show notes. It has been a joy to have you on and just a conversation I have been looking forward to. Yeah. So thank you so much for joining oh, me. You're so welcome. This was like an incredible conversation. Let's have more of it sometime. Count this me in. We'll, we'll have round two. <laughs> okay, looking forward to it. Hey, don't go yet. I would love it if you go over to iTunes right now and leave a review. I love hearing your feedback and it really makes a difference in getting the Radiant Podcast name out there. And while you're at it, why don't you subscribe and then share this episode on Facebook or Instagram or wherever your social media platform is of choice. Lastly, I'd love to keep up with each other. Come find me on Instagram at Kels Chapman and let's get to know each other. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. It's not every day you have to replace a water heater, more like every 10 years. The Home Depot can help with a wide selection of the latest models from Rheem and a helpful online water heater buying guide to help make choosing the right Rheem easy. From gas to electric, tankless, even smart models that can spot a leak before it happens. Water heaters have come a long way. You don't have to. Go to homedepot.com to find the latest Rheem water heaters and helpful answers and advice from our water heater buying guide. Only from the Home Depot. How doers get more done.